T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, world, and welcome in to Trust the Tape, episode something or other. I'm Jeff Kavanaugh alongside my co-host, Dane Brugler. And, Dane, we have a problem. What's our problem? The draft's over, and no. like, it's not football season yet, and we're trusting the tape. So, what, I don't know. What are we going to do? It's been two weeks. I mean, there's certain withdrawal you go through after the draft just because it's you put so much into it, and then after three days, wah, wah, it's over. Now, so, what do you want to do? You want to trust the taste? Do a barbecue podcast? Oh, I'd love that. It's, I, I mean, now that the draft's over, I finally have time to get the smoker out and... Start to put some time into that. Uh, I'm learning. It's really difficult. Well, yeah, I think it's the not big, easy. big thing for you is there's a big difference between grilling and barbecuing. I mean, grilling... What are you trying to say? What sort of accusation are you making? Well, just that Are you saying I didn't barbecue? No. And that I grilled? Yes. How dare you? Well, okay, if it takes you 10 to 15 minutes, steak, that's, that's burger, grilling. Steak, burger, chicken. Is, I guess it's all grilling, isn't it? It's all grilling. And that's that's fine. There's, there's nothing wanna, wrong with grilling. That's fine. I don't want to cook a brisket. I'll tell you that right now. Well, and that's because fine. there's better food that I can make faster. That, that's fine. What about ribs? That, I'm curious. That's a, a I'll three, try some ribs. Three to four hour investment. By the way, this is trust the tape. The football's coming in just a second. Uh, trust the tape. I, I tell you what, though, I did. I did a meatloaf on the smoker last night. It was phenomenal. What is meatloaf? What does that mean? Just, I feel like it's a hot dog. Like it's just a bunch of meat that you mash together and then you heat it up. Kind of. I mean, you put some cheese in there, some bacon, some onion, some garlic, some seasoning, and then you usually put it in like a loaf and then put it in the oven. I put it into a loaf and put it on the smoker for... Uh, you know, three to four hours, about 250 degrees. Define the word loaf. What do you mean? I put it into a loaf. Like a, okay. A, you just shape all of this into a Usually like a bread pan or okay. something, you know, a loaf shape. Okay. Uh, And it's, you know, it's, you can put a glaze, some ketchup on it or some barbecue sauce, whatever you want. Huh. Uh, But the, the taste is outstanding. The smoke flavors, you just, you just mm. can't beat it. And we, look, there's when you're barbecuing, it's not meant to be okay. You get home from work and I'm going to smoke something and it's going to take forever. No, it's when you have a, an all day Saturday, you kill some time, drink a beer, just kind of hang out, enjoy yeah, the summer. Uh, you haven't seen my patio. I feel like if I leave something unattended, I could burn the whole thing down. Well, that's a problem then. Yeah, so that's okay. why I make burgers. Yeah. Like, all right, 15 minutes, then close it up, make sure nothing burns down, and we're good. It's trust the taste, uh, the greatest barbecue podcast <laughs> in. That falls in the NFL draft category ever. Uh, so football, we uh, what do we have now? We got mini camps, we got OTAs, we got. Let's go through this. We'll talk about some of the guys for next year uh, towards the end here. But first, let's talk about where we are in the football world because obviously it's not training camp. What's everybody doing? What right. are we doing? And that's we often hear the term off season when we all know there's no such thing. Um, up to this point, the draft has kind of been the focus, but now with the draft over, uh, teams have added uh, you know six, seven, eight more guys through the draft, and then of course all the undrafted free agents. Rosters are up to ninety right now, uh, so plenty of undrafted guys, plenty of tryouts uh, who have a shot to make a team based on uh, what they do in these mini camps coming up. Which 
really, that's what's next on the NFL calendar, and that's going on right now. Uh, has started last week, uh, going on this weekend for a lot of teams. Uh, and I guess the best way to sum up these rookie mini camps, it's kind of a get to know you type of practices, basic install. Uh, bare bones concepts from the playbook to give rookies a taste of what to expect, not to not to overwhelm them too early uh, with what's to come. But I think it's re- remember that these players have been so focused on forty yard dashes and training for the combine, training for pro days, um, you know, training for the interview process. That now it's kind of a reintroduction to the competitiveness on the field, and so this is kind of the uh, you know, bring you back to football type of uh, type of mini camp. So training wheels first, and that's what we'll see a lot. And these tryout guys, they definitely have a shot, but in reality, they're bodies to help these rookies. You know, when you go up, you know, the seven on sevens. And- well, what, time out. What does it mean when a guy is? Um, so you go undrafted, mm-hmm. and some of these guys get bigger signing bonuses than others. Priority free, free agents. agents, right? So take KD Cannon, who, if I yeah. remember right, the Baylor wide receiver got fifty, forty, or fifty thousand dollars. Forty-five, I believe, yeah. Which is a big number. Oh, it's big a big number, number for an undrafted free agent. Yeah. A very big number. And didn't make it through his first weekend. Yeah. And you said it's just like basic install training wheels. What in the world could you see from a guy that you gave probably, if you gave him that much, that's probably your highest price probably. undrafted free agent. And you were like, all right, thanks for swinging through. Get Get out. I, I was told he didn't take it seriously, um, and there's probably more to it, um, specifics about uh, you know what he did. But uh, I, I was told he just didn't take it seriously, and he was probably very disappointed by not getting drafted, and that probably carried over. And, catch the ball better. Well, and if you don't have a good attitude, you know you're not going to make a football team. And so you know John Lynch and Coach Shanahan, they weren't going to put up with that, and they gave him his walking papers with. Uh, you know, a nice, a nice signing bonus, but no, you're right. I mean, the, these priority free agents, and that's kind of what happens after the draft. Even in, starting the fifth, sixth, seventh round, teams are calling these guys and saying, "Hey, we might draft you, but in the case that we don't, we still want you, and we're gonna, we're willing to give you X amount of dollars." Um, for most players, it's ten, fifteen, twenty grand. Um, for the the players that teams want, sometimes it'll go to forty or fifty or sixty. Uh, if a team really wants a player. Uh, that they didn't get to draft but uh, still want to sign them. Uh, and then it really c- comes up to the agent and the player to look at the depth chart, look at the different situations and say, okay, what's our best fit? Uh, a lot of agents, this is where agents really work hard for their, their clients, uh, try to get them in these these tryouts um, and say, hey, listen, my guy's not going to make your team, but just you know, give him a tryout. He'll he'll work his butt off. He'll he'll be a guy, that, a barometer that you can judge your rookies based off. And so agents really do a lot of work this time of year and, you know, a lot of these tryout guys sign a waiver that say, "Hey, if I hurt myself, you guys aren't liable." And, oh, poor guys! You know, here, here's oh, kids. Well, here's a weekend that hey, here's your here's your shot. And it, look, in reality, most tryout guys don't make it. Ninety nine percent of them don't make it. But uh, you know, it's good good measuring sticks for these rookies to go up against the the tryout guys who are really fighting for something. That when necessarily the second or third rounder, you know, they they know they're drafted. They don't know if they're going to make the roster. They don't have to necessarily give as much effort, but the the trout guys will push them. So uh, that's hey. So if somebody offered me forty grand, somebody offered me thirty, and somebody offered me twenty, could I go to the team that offered me forty, have a bad weekend on purpose, get cut, get thirty from another team, have a bad weekend, get cut, <laughs> get twenty from the third team, and try my best? If you get cut after a team gives you forty, the team that was going to give you thirty is kind of like okay, hold on, wait a minute. Why? You tell them. You'd be like, well, I really wanted to play for you guys, but they were offering <laughs> me more money, so I took their money. 
Try that and see how it works <laughs> okay. out. I, I think they might have a problem with, uh, okay. with that. Uh, I'll let you know. But there's only a certain pool of money to right. give to these undrafted guys. So once uh, you know that's used up, then you're you're kind of out of luck. And so with Katie Cannon, you know he's going to get another shot. It won't be for the same type of money, but you know he'll get another tryout shot. And you know this is not the end of the road for Katie Cannon. We'll have to see if he. Hopefully that was a wake up call for him. We'll we'll see how it ends up for him. But um, you know I thought he'd get drafted, but. You know, it's uh, kind of a reality check for the NFL. Uh, but uh, moving on after these mini camps, uh, then that's when the off-season programs start uh, for these rookies, especially the positional meetings, commitments of the strength and conditioning coaches, because um, you know these coaching staffs want to get these guys in shape at least for their standards, what they're looking for. Uh, they used to have the rookie rookie symposium. Uh, they don't have that anymore. They lean more on the teams to have their own. Uh, orientations, and that's where you have guys that come in for financial advice, uh, failed rookies who were busts and lost all their money. You know the sob stories that can kind of scare rookies into, "Hey, take care of your money. You know, don't give your uh, second cousin a new car, that kind of thing." Uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of fall guy talk. That was Chris Carter. Yeah, we get some fall guy talk. Fall guy talk was basically the end of the symposium. That's what killed it. Yeah, basically. And so now each team's kind of responsible for that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's basically just to kind of make, you know, these guys are still, eight, you know, they're not 18. They're, you know, anywhere between 20 to 23 years old. Still relatively young guys who can be irresponsible and make poor decisions. And so hopefully the this orientation gives them uh, kind of a wake-up call into what not to do. Uh, after mini camps, that's when OTAs start. Um, these are basically mini camps, except the veterans are uh, included. So you know the coaches can start to develop that chemistry, uh, take a look at uh, you know what the team's going to look like. And almost every team has OTAs at the end of May and then early June, uh, a few days during the week. And technically, these are voluntary. Uh, right, so yeah. not a requirement, right, right, but yeah, right. if a player doesn't show, that's when you're it, a bad teammate. And it makes news. Depth chart. Well, and a lot of times it's holdouts, you know, that type of deal. Like I'm not showing up until I get my new contract. Uh, so if a team or if a player does not, uh, show at one of these voluntary OTAs, it still makes news, uh, for whatever reason. So, uh, after that, they do have mandatory mini camps in mid June and that's kind of, uh, Basically a checkup of sorts. Uh, you know, they don't want to go, you know, the full, all that time until training camp without seeing these guys again. So that's a chance for teammates to get together, um, you know, rookies, new free agent signings, get all the new uh, new players together. And, uh, you know, so they're not strangers on the field in training camp or off the field for that matter. And then there's a few weeks off between mid-June, mid-July. That's basically, if there's an off season, that's it. Pool. Time to go to the pool. Yeah, time to kind of relax before the hell of training camp. Uh, so mid June, between mid June and mid July, that that's basically if there is an off season, that's it. All right, Dan, I want to throw you a curveball that I didn't tell you we were going to do, but um, okay. How do I phrase this properly? I would never gamble. I think it's irresponsible. Never. I think it's un-American. Uh, <laughs> I would never gamble. I don't believe you. I would never have an account in any sort of uh, gambling site. Based anywhere, Don't offshore, yeah. onshore, wherever. I would never. Okay. Uh, but I have seen numbers mm-hmm. that uh, people can gamble on, I think, maybe in a different country. Oh, okay. Uh, and I wondered, if, just in case we have an international audience, hmm. if we could go through Offensive Rookie of the Year odds okay. and maybe where someone else could bet sure. if they didn't live here and were being very responsible. Of course. 
And so I have I have the odds, and I wondered if we could go through and handicap which rookie offensive player is in the best spot and is going to get the best opportunity to put up numbers to make us all rich. And I think my number one is going to be the one who's the favorite, according to the odds, and that's Leonard Fournette. Of course. Just because he's going to get the rock. Right. He's going to get the rock a lot. Uh, but that hurts me because if I don't think the guy is the best player, I don't want to bet money on him. I mean, so much of it is situation, you know, because it, I think you're absolutely right. You look, he's also the shortest odds, though. We're winning the least. So I'm trying to figure odds? out where my best value is here. Leonard Fournette is 7-2. to two. So oh, you three get and three and a half times your money. And then from there, it just goes up and up and up with every other player. So I need you to walk me through who are the guys I can take a shot on here. Well, Fournette is definitely the overwhelming favorite because you don't take draft a running back fourth overall unless you're going to just feed him the rock and you know let him be a workhorse for you. I'd let him back up T.J. Yeldon. Oof. And you weren't taking him fourth overall. Why are they hating on T.J. Yeldon, Dane? Well, I mean, what has he done the last two years? Tried his hardest? Well, awesome. <laughs> I could do that. Uh, I mean, Fournette, look, he's going to get the ball, and they're – they're, the way they tried to upgrade the offensive line, uh, you know, the way they tried to kind of upgrade uh, pieces of the offense to help Blake Bortles, uh, you know, I, I think they're, uh, well, you know, is it going to be a Zeke situation? That's hard to say because if he if Fournette has a Zeke like season, then okay, absolutely, he's going to be in the conversation to be offensive rookie of the year. Um, okay, but let's Fournette. I think we both agree is the overwhelming favorite, but let's look at his competition. Let's, let's, look. let's go step two with one that I think the question is just who thinks he's going to start, right? Because mm-hmm. when you talk about quarterbacks, could a quarterback win offensive rookie of the year? Because quarterbacks put up massive numbers. If you throw right. for 4,000 yards, which a rookie can do in today's NFL, uh, you can win offensive rookie of the year. And Deshaun Watson's the only option, right? Right. And even he, I think you don't think he'll start. No, I'd be shocked if he starts I'll, the season. I won't be. I'm flipped except not shocked like if tom savage was started i would say okay yeah and if deshaun watson started i would say okay but i think they want him to win if at all possible they'd love him to digest everything and go play i don't know if i necessarily agree with that i think that right now this season i think tom savage is their best chance to win i mean i I, well i think they want that to not be true they would like deshaun watson to get things so quickly where that's not the case but bill o'brien i'm not sure because he, I mean, he he wants to win right now, you know, and so I he's invested in Tom Savage. He knows Tom Savage has been in that quarterback room the last how many years? Like he knows what Tom Savage is, and I think he wants to give Tom Savage a shot. I mean, I think he uh, thinks Tom Savage deserves a shot. So I think there's a part of Bill Bryan that wants to see Tom Savage succeed. Uh, now, obviously, it would look bad on everyone if Tom Savage comes out and shows that or does enough that he keeps Deshaun Watson off the field. Guys, we're trading to Sean. Turns yeah. out Tom Savage has got a lot. We really like him. But I do think that they're going to go in, and I, I don't think we, either of us think that's going to happen, but I do think they're going to give Tom Savage a realistic shot, which is why I think we don't see Deshaun Watson starting a game until at least October. Um, you know, I, I think Tom Savage is going to get the month of September. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and this is as long as he stays healthy in training camp and doesn't completely piss down his leg. But as long as he comes in... Dave, for crying out loud. Sorry, my grandma listens to this. I forgot. Yeah, you're fine. Um, Okay, as long as Tom Savage doesn't just totally screw up this opportunity... Go number one. Yeah, yeah. and he's going to start the season, and I think that uh, he'll have the month of September, you know, three, four games, see what he has. Uh, And then if it's completely a disaster, then, yeah, we'll see Deshaun Watson. But I don't think it's going to be enough for Watson to be 
a realistic candidate for a rookie of the year. Okay, so for all our degenerates out there, these terrible, terrible people who are just risking their kids' college funds every day on these bets, <laughs> uh, Leonard Fournette is seven to two. Deshaun Watson is six to one. He's actually the third favorite. Interesting, because people are going to click on the quarterback's right. name. The second favorite is Christian McCaffrey yeah. in Carolina. He's five to one. Now that's a pretty good return on our investment there, Dane. Probably going to need him to catch a bunch of passes though. Well, and back to the Fournette discussion, you're not taking a running back top 10 unless you're going to use him uh, like a top 10 player. And McCaffrey, as long as he stays healthy, uh, he's going to have the most touches on that offense, aside from Cam Newton, who touches the ball every single snap. Uh, but he's going, whether it's going to be handing the ball off, whether it's going to be uh, catching the ball in the backfield, I know, I guess, you know, the Curtis Samuel uh, pick in the second round, how is that going to eat away at his offensive touches with Curtis Are they Samuel? View, you think they're going to view him as a totally separate position? Like yeah, Curtis Samuel, Samuel is a slot receiver? Yeah, Samuel will be a slot receiver for them. It, it, that was a wasted pick. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I just, I'm fascinated to see how it works out. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, to get them on the field at the same time, look, they lost Ted Ginn, uh, and I think that's essentially how they view uh, Curtis Samuel as the, the new Ted Ginn in that offense, line him up in the slot, get him the ball different ways. Um, but, yeah, with McCaffrey, okay, how much are you going to, you know, motion him outside, use him as a receiver? I don't know. It's it, That will be – and it's going to make the Panthers must-see TV uh, this fall it's just to see how that dynamic on offense works. But, yeah, I mean, McCaffrey, I, that would be my vote for. If Fournette's the favorite – I definitely think McCaffrey is kind of the close number two. Okay, well, now it's time for you to man up a little bit. Because right. so far what you've done is pick the two favorites. Yeah. That's cheating. Okay. That's also how Vegas builds big buildings because they're right a lot. Uh, so then we have Deshaun Watson, who I think neither one of us has put money on. I think I might have accidentally already. Not me, a guy I know hmm. with an account. Now we have to figure out out of these long shots which one might get us paid. Dalvin Cook and Corey Davis. Now, Dalvin Cook, the running back, is a Viking. Corey Davis is a Tennessee Titan. They're both 8-1. to one. Break that tie. I, you, I think you have to go running back there. Uh, you know, Corey Davis, the receiver position, you just worry about will he get enough uh, receptions to be in that conversation. I mean, like Michael Thomas this last year from Ohio State with the Saints, uh, saw plenty of opportunities, and yet I don't think he was really... Uh, ever considered a, a strong favorite for rookie? Well, I don't think he knew what was going to happen with Dak and Zeke. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Is Everyone that, was screwed. Right. And so it's just tougher receivers uh, to get enough targets, to get enough uh, opportunities. But the fact that the Titans wanted Corey Davis enough that they didn't want to wait until eighteen. They didn't. Once they couldn't trade back, uh, they said, "Screw it. We'll just take him at five. Good for them. Oh yeah. Look. Good for them. General Manager uh, John Robinson did it last year with Jack Conklin. Took Jack Conklin a lot earlier than a lot of p- other people would, but I don't think he really cares about that. Um, he shouldn't. I'm, I like teams like that where it's like, yeah, okay, so the internet and everybody is oh, telling yeah. people that this is the hey. top 30. I think number 61 is the eighth best player. I'm picking him. As long as it works out, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but you know, good, yeah, good for them to trust their own evals and not, not have to worry about that. Um so I, I think in, if to break a tie, I think you almost have to go with a running back. And with Dalvin Cook, he has a little bit of competition there uh, with uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, and uh, the other running back from the Raiders, I always forget, uh, Latavius Murray. Uh, so there were there's some competition there. But Dalvin Cook was my number one running back. I mean, he, this guy is so talented. As long as he stays healthy and on the field, uh, I'm definitely leaning the running back there. The other names that are involved, at least according to this website that Mixon? I'm looking at, 
are the guys who are 12 to 1 or worse. Joe Mixon, okay. 12 to 1. Mike Williams, Chargers wide receiver from yeah. Clemson, 12 to 1. Deshaun Kaiser, your guy, 12 to 1. Interesting. And Mitchell Trubisky, 14 to 1. Could Kaiser accidentally win the starting job? I'd be surprised. Like they probably don't want him to, do they? The, I mean, that's this is it's the Cody Kessler era. It's time. No, look, oh. you don't you don't go into training camp. At least you shouldn't. And I I don't know why the Eagles did this last year with Wentz. The Jaguars did a couple years ago with Bortles. Don't predetermine your quarterback's playing time. Go into training camp, open competition. Whoever wins that job, okay, it's their job. And yeah, ideally, you don't put a twenty-one-year-old on the football field at quarterback. Uh, you know, there's a reason we don't see that a lot. There's a lot for them to handle. But for the Browns, you know, we're going to see Deshaun Kaiser at some point because they're going to have a top pick next year. They need to know what they have. If they need to trade up for Sam Darnold, if they need to uh, maneuver around for a quarterback in the first round next year. So at some point, we're going to see Kaiser. I just don't think it's going to be near enough for him to garner Offensive Rookie of the Year votes. Okay, that's all I got for that topic. Well, okay, and one thing with Mixon. Will they deal Jeremy Hill before between Whether now and Whether they do or camp? not, Mixon's getting his touches, right? Well, sure, or but, most if, of them. but if Jeremy Hill is still there, it's still you're going to eat away at his touches. Does anybody want Jeremy Hill? Well, I, obviously, I don't know. I don't think it's going to take much to get him. Right. I mean, a team like he didn't have a good year. The Wouldn't Eagles, you rather have a Mixon? team like yeah, you want Mixon and Bernard. You don't want Jer- right. you don't want Jeremy Hill. Mixon essentially replaces Hill's role, and right. so if you can unload Hill for a conditional late round pick, I think the Bengals will be fine with that. And so if you're a team like the Eagles, you're a team, uh, one of these other teams that didn't get your running back in the draft, uh, and Jeremy Hill's in a contract year, it's, you know, you're giving up very little. You know, you structure the deal so it's a seventh-round pick. Now, if he gets 800 yards, it goes up to a fifth-round pick. You know, just very little investment. So uh, if you're a team that's still looking for a running back, Jeremy Hill's, if that, if that deal happens, all of a sudden that Joe Mixon, those odds look pretty good. Now, do we want to uh, take a quick peek? Uh, I, we don't want to break anybody's heart yet, but there is news coming. You might miss us for a couple of weeks here because, you know, content. But do we want to take our way too early first peak, 2018? Yeah, let's do that. Let's. Uh, in, this is more of a more of a watch list type of deal. You know, this isn't meant to be gospel. There's so much will change between now and uh, even the fall, uh, and then especially next spring. I mean, they still have their most important game tape to put out, exactly. which is this year's. Well, and that's that's a perfect segue into the Lamar Jackson discussion, who uh, Heisman, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, a lot of fun, really exciting. You're his number one fan. Uh, and I'm I, there's not a player in college football I can remember ever being more curious about because he's so weird to watch. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. But for a guy who it's in him to throw darts in between defenders on point, it's also in him to miss by 30 yards. Right. And so I just, I don't know. Is the NFL looking at him like he's a top five pick? Or is the NFL looking at him like, let's see what he is? I I think both. And I I think that's kind of what I was leading to is it doesn't really matter what he did last year. What he did last year was awesome. I mean, obviously he got him a Heisman Trophy. Uh, Louisville was in the, the top four discussion there for a little bit. Uh, but it really doesn't matter. What matters is what he does this year. What is his development? Okay, he kind Lamar Jackson kind of set the bar for who he is with what he did last year. That's who he is. Now, what? Where can he go from here? Can he develop as a passer? Can he improve that completion percentage, the decision making, uh, just the his mechanics from within the pocket? We know he has the arm. We know he has the creative athleticism. But where does he go from here in terms of getting better? What's his progression? 
Uh, so what he shows this year as a junior for Louisville with a lot of new talent around him. He lost several, Hicatini at tight end, Staples and Quick at receiver. Uh, so he's going to be dealing with a few new pieces uh, around him on offense. So that progression, his development that he takes this year, that will be the key to determining, okay, is he a true top 10 pick? Is he a first rounder? Is he something else? Uh, that, that's what Scott's be watching. And we don't really know the answer to this yet, but it sure seems just watching people talk about it and reading about it that it's anticipated it'll be a stronger quarterback class at yeah. the top coming into next year. It's, it's that Lamar Jackson might be number one. He might be number four or five right. out of that group. And it's underclassmen heavy, so a lot of it depends on these young guys. Uh, Josh Rosen, does he come back healthy uh, and kind of show that, that immense promise he showed as a freshman? Uh, he's got his issues off the field. He's not going to be for everybody just because he's he's been an immature kid in the past. Like Machine Gun Kelly? Well, I mean, he... Not quite? Actions speak louder than words with him. Okay. With Rosen, it's been more just he says what's on his mind and doesn't care who hears oh, it. And, good for him. Well, if, if you're an NFL team, you want your quarterback to be a little more uh, uh, diplomatic with okay. what comes out of your mouth. Um, and other quarterbacks, Josh Allen from Wyoming... Uh, he's going to be a lot of fun because the traits are off the charts. I mean, he's a good-sized athlete, moves around well. Uh, the arm talent's off the charts. But some of his throws just kind of, I'm not sure he knows where they're going. The vision's off. Uh, the decision-making's all over the place. I, he needs to take that next step in a big way, or he's just going to be that traits prospect. And we got Sammy D. My guy, Sammy D. He's And he's number one. Uh, what he showed last year in, what, eight starts, so small sample size, but... So impressive. Uh, the way he can anticipate the poise. The poise is off the charts for a kid who's so young. He's only going to be a redshirt sophomore. So, you know, it's that's something we have to watch. Uh, USC will go as far as he can take them. And, and I, I think he's a real deal. Reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston. Even the elongated delivery. Uh, it reminds me kind of like a medieval catapult. Yeah. Going. And so I like it. That's something that'll be working against him. But uh, Sam Darnold, yeah, I think he's the favorite to be the top quarterback and the de facto number one pick next year at this point. So the only other guy that, and again, uh, at DP Brugler is who to follow, at, especially at this time when nobody else really knows the players yet and you know all of them. There's, I know there's one running back that I've been watching for multiple years wondering, when can he come out? When can he come out? Well, right. the answer is next year, and that's Saquon Barkley at Penn State. Yeah. Holy cow, is that dude a beast. He's fun. He's impossible. He, and I hate comparing him to Hall of Famers, but he reminds me so much of LaDainian Tomlinson watching him. It, the ability to make his cuts and then instantly regain his momentum out of his cuts is something that's special. It's something you don't see a lot and it really separates him from these other running backs. Um, he's built low to the ground, so he has that natural center of gravity, the balance through contact, uh, the athleticism to create on his own, and he's also a very good receiver. He averaged almost 15 yards per reception last year. So he can help you out as a pass catcher as well. Um, developing blocker, there's a lot to like about him. And as long as that uh, Penn State offense continues to grow with McSorley, a quarterback, uh, throwing the ball down the field, it's going to open up opportunities for Barkley uh, underneath. So he, he enters the year as the top running back going into next year. But he's not alone. Uh, there's another guy, Darius Geis from LSU. Who, oh, the better LSU running back. That's gonna We're going to be hearing that a lot. Okay, We're, I heard it last year. It, it's going to be happen a lot. Okay, well, is this guy Fournette? Is he better? Is he worse? I mean, it's going to be the discussion up until he's drafted. Um, Geis is you just love running backs who run angry, and that's Geis. Uh, he's not as built, not as big as Fournette, but I mean, he's not small. I mean, he's five eleven, two hundred twenty five pounds. 
Uh, he's a very good athlete, loves to run over dudes, and he'll block you too. I mean, he's not afraid to uh, you know, lay his shoulder into uh, a blitzer and knock him on his backside. So Darius Geis, I mean, he's also in that top 10, top 15 conversation uh, looking early at next year's draft. So Has Nick Chubb been hurt by, what, is it multiple injuries now? I know it was, what, a couple of years. You know, Todd Gurley was still there with Nick Chubb, wasn't yeah. he? And people were talking about Nick Chubb. Well, and, and Chubb had the ACL, uh, and he came back last year and it looked okay, but just doesn't – he didn't look like the old Nick Chubb that you that you saw coming back for a senior year. A little bit of a surprise, but um, hopefully he stays healthy. As long as he stays healthy, give him a fair chance to kind of regain that Nick Chubb that we saw. Um, also want to throw out another SEC running back. You know, mentioned Geis and mentioned Chubb. Bo Scarborough from Alabama, what he did down the stretch last year, uh, they basically rode him, uh, what he did in the championship game, what he did in the playoffs. Uh, tough guy to slow down. So and when they, and when they weren't riding him, everybody was tweeting, why aren't you giving the yeah. ball to the one that makes the ball go forward? They've got a new offensive coordinator. We'll see if uh, this one likes to give the ball to uh, this uh, 6'1", 230-pound running back that runs over dudes. Other guys that are uh, on the watch list for, say, oh, top 10 pick. Top 10 pick, uh, you have to immediately go to pass rusher, uh, LSU, Arden Key. Now, is he 230 pounds? Is he 240 pounds? I mean, how big is this guy, uh, really? The Barkevious Mingo comparisons are going to be out there uh, just because of <clears throat> the size, the body makeup, um, you know, just very lean. But the way they could explode off the edge, bend the corner, uh, and then close the quarterback, uh, those guys are always going to be uh, attractive prospects. So Arden Key, the key the key for Arden Key will be to, can he put on weight? Can he keep that weight? Can he develop his take on strength? Uh, show up consistently versus the run? And I've already heard people saying that Arden Key is better than Miles Garrett. Well, not unless he gets better in certain areas. Can Key be... Uh, I saw one of his sacks, and it looked really good. I'd take him number one overall. What if, I saw a really good play that he had. If Key can develop into a consistent run defender and improve his countermeasures, then absolutely, I agree with you. Um, right now, I think he's definitely in the top 10 discussion. Now, he's he also left LSU this past spring for some personal stuff. I mean, he's a little bit of baggage that needs investigated. He's trying to get squared away here, trying to get ready. Uh, yeah, it's basically what it is. Uh, it, he's going to be, he's at least in that top 10 conversation right now. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that's highly thought of. Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle from Clemson. One of those big dudes that runs like he's, you know, 50 pounds lighter. Uh, he's in that mix. Um, and then a couple of defensive backs. Derwin James from Florida State. Now, he, what he showed as a freshman was ridiculous. I mean, he looked like a top 10 pick as a freshman. Uh, then he missed most of last year with an injury. If he comes back healthy this year and shows that promise he showed as a freshman, uh, you can pencil him in for a top five pick. I mean, he's that type of playmaker at safety. He can play a little bit of corner, uh, at least in the slot. Uh, not afraid to hit you. You know he's that Jamal Adams uh, tone setter, but he is also a, a much better athlete. And so he can play both sidelines. He has the range to play the deep half of the field. Derwin James is, is just a boss in the secondary. He's the do everything guy who will be a top five to seven pick as long as he's healthy. We good? You think we're good? Um, who else we want to talk about? Oh, offensive tackles, a little bit of a resurgence there. Um, you know, this is such a bad offensive tackle class. We didn't have one going to what the top 20 was Bowles first at number 20. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this year, uh, Connor Williams, the left tackle at Texas. All right. Uh, Hook them, baby. We're back. Yeah. What? They had one draft pick last year. Yeah. We got with, two this year with, uh, what's his name? Uh, 
the Foreman. running back Foreman, yeah, yeah. this year. Could have two first rounders. Malik Jefferson. Malik Jefferson, a linebacker. Uh, he has he needs to improve in some areas, but he has a chance. And then you know, we're trying to save the entire conference here, Dane. The Big Twelve is crumbling. Texas job to save it. Charlie Strong did some recruiting, and so now it's up to uh, the new coaching staff to develop that talent and get these guys drafted. Um, Clemson's left tackle Hyatt has got a shot. Uh, tight end is going to be a strong uh, group again. Another Big Twelve guy, Mark Andrews. Uh, kind of that wide receiver tight end hybrid, Gasecki and Fumagalli, two names that are fun to say in the Big Ten. They are fun to say. Uh, like those guys. And then at receiver, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M, a blur athlete who has a chance to uh, have a big-time season now that Seals Jones, Speedy Noyle, and some of those other receivers, Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, are cleared out. It's going to be the Christian Kirk show uh, at A&M. And then also Cortland Sutton, SMU. SMU hasn't... Uh, had any big time prospect in a long time. Button could be a first rounder, so watch for him. Nice. All right. So bad news. Uh, you know, unless something comes up, I don't think we're planning to do a trust the tape for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, our off season. We do hang out on Twitter though. You're at DP Brugler. Right. At DP Brugler. I'm at JC1053. So if there's something you want to hear about and you want to tweet us, and we think we got enough to bother coming in here, we'll do a podcast. We'll do a trust the tape. But we are planning a short hiatus. Uh, let us know. If there's something else you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll come in and do another Trust the Taste. There we talk go. Talk about Dane's favorite rubs on barbecue. <laughs> uh, I got some good ones. I got, uh, boy, I got some good ones. I got some good <laughs> ones. We have a full show there. All right. That'll do it. We'll uh, talk to you guys in a few weeks. Thanks, How about guys. that? Bye forever. Not forever. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.